There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Mum and Mama podcast, brought to you as always by Golding Accountancy, wearegolding.com, for all your accountancy needs. Um, I'm recording this on Friday, so I'm currently sitting here watching Storm Eunice um, work its way through my garden. I've had to get my cat in because he was very freaked out. I'm not going to let him back out, even though he wants to go out, because I think he thinks that there's loads of mice and stuff in the grass where it's shaking around so much, but obviously it's just the wind panda. He's looking very confused. Anyway, hi, thank you for listening. If this is your first time, and Amber, the lovely Amber, who's my guest today from the bosom, has brought you here, then welcome. Thank you for listening. I've got loads of other episodes. This is actually 101. So there are 100 other episodes where I talk to all different types of people about all different types of things. So have a look through my back catalogue. The lovely Amber, for those of you who don't know, my friend Nicole um, brought her to my attention because she found her when she was going through a healing. Um, And she said to me that she makes her feel better every morning and see the world more positively and I thought what an amazing gift for someone to give someone else the ability to see the world as a better place so I thought I've got to have her on the podcast so I did and this is our chat and I do hope you enjoy it bye here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Work. Work. So my, I, I've started so many podcasts by saying, saying this, but my friend Nicole, so she put me on to you, okay. and when I told her that I was doing the podcast with you, she got a bit emotional, oh. because she said that you have made her, I mean she's gone through a lot of stuff, but she was like, you make her see her day differently. Oh. and make her happier oh. and I was like when she told me I was like that's such a lovely and isn't that a lovely thing yeah to know that you've improved someone's life a hundred percent on a day-to-day so yeah, yeah. so hi think... Amber <laughs> hi um, hi Amy thank you um that's um yeah that's taken me aback a bit because I you just don't know who you're affecting especially with social media yeah. now you just don't know like some people do speak up some people don't um and like sometimes you know I'm aware like okay there's one of me trying to remember things remember names remember faces I'm great at faces I'm rubbish at names um because of the type of work I do sometimes I don't look on people's pages purposefully so that I'm not in case they do want to come to me for work I like to keep it quite neutral um so yeah that's really nice to know thank you for sharing That's all right. Well, that's a nice thing to hear, isn't it? Yeah. So I have to tell you. Um, so Amber from the bosom. Yes. <laughs> so, how did you get to where you are now? Um, like, as a businesswoman, or well, just in life, I guess. Really, where, where are you from? I'm from um, West London originally. Um, I've lived. What... Yeah, go on. Go on, carry on. So yeah, from from West London. Um, but I've lived lots of places. I've lived between, we grew up half of our life here and then my mum took us out to Buckinghamshire and then we moved to, then I, in those times I've lived all over the country. I've lived in France, I've lived in America. Yeah. I've lived everywhere, so. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I've lived in a few places. Um, so how did I get here? Good question. My tra- What were you into when you were younger? Oh, God, what was I into? <laughs> Everything and nothing is the best way to answer that question. Um, I, well, I grew up in domestic violence. Let's start there. I have to start. The, tra- right. the trauma okay. is how I got here because okay. um, my thing has always been that I've, no matter what I've been through, I've always smiled through it. Um, and I remember yeah. that from as young as I can remember. I just remember always being, and sometimes it was being made to because that was kind of my role in family dynamic, which was a broken, weird family dynamic. But yeah, it was to be the happy one. And I was naturally that, but then naturally also when you're witnessing violence and abuse, you don't always feel like that, but I didn't, there was no place for that to be addressed or no. So, that's how I got here because I just realised that that was like my superpower to just sort of plough yeah. through and find joy in the crap. Um, so what I was into you, was any. Are you an only child? I was. I was. I was until um, and everyone always picks that up. I was until I was nine, I think eight or nine. So 
I feel like, and then I was like parentalized from quite young, so I didn't have the same upbringing that my brothers had. They had a full-on childhood, and I felt I was quite grown up yeah. and mature. Um, yeah. Too early, far, far too early. So. Well, you had to be. Yes. You? So was it your father? Yeah. Yeah. My dad was. Um, and how um, long? How old were you when they? Separate. I'm assuming that yeah yeah they're not together no 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 they're not together yeah. um, I I'm gonna put this here um I was I think nine when it kind of really went once my no my brothers were so I must have been eight and nine when my brothers were born yeah so my brothers were one so and is it two the same dad yeah so my mom oh, didn't wow. yeah my mom didn't think she was gonna have any more after me um due to the circumstances yeah. and then she fell pregnant back to yeah. back. Um, with my brothers, they're a year and two weeks apart, so it was yeah. <laughs> Irish twins. Oh yeah. no, no, they're not quite. Not quite, but yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, oh. So yeah, they had a. Uh, th- my mum left once my brothers sort of came into the mix of things, so because they were so close together. So she left at what? Yeah. She left when she just had my second brother, um, with no intention to return, and then had to return because of circumstances of my dad finding us. And then she left Where pretty much. Where did you much. go? Um, Do you remember? Yeah, I remember everywhere that I went pretty... Well, most. Um, that time we went to High Wycombe. Um, yeah. And then before that, uh, then my mum left and she had to leave Had to leave us with the intention the police were going to collect us and it took them 10 months to do so. <laughs> so she was without us for a long time. Me and my youngest brother. Oh, my yeah, so she went to Cornwall, and then that's when we moved to Cornwall, and then we moved back to Buckinghamshire. So, yeah, quite a harrowing, amazing story. Cause, hell. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. So, yeah, yeah. so we, that was when my mum left. My mum left when I was nine, yeah. and then I went back to my mum when I was ten. Um, and, yeah, from then it was then he wasn't, he was in our life, like, in and out, but not, not, uh, not with my mum's sort of... Um, initiating that it would be him just kind of turning up or finding out where we live or whatever but my mum just changed as a woman she found her voice she found her power so he couldn't yeah. do what he used to do he, he would attempt it but he yeah. soon he soon learned she wasn't that woman anymore so yeah we didn't yeah. we my mum was a single mum for all in my eyes in all, all of my life because yeah. even when they were together yeah, she yeah. was very much the the caregiver the yeah, she was the one who did everything for me. And then obviously when my brothers come, it was just mainly us, apart from that little moment in the when they were first tiny. Um, so yeah, so from that, I didn't... You, cause I brought that up because she's asked, what was I into? I didn't really have an opportunity yeah. to be into things. Yeah. I loved being... I loved acting once I got older, but I know for sure, like... The thought, like, I can feel my inner child and the thought of having to walk into a room and be, like, outgoing was quite daunting because I was yeah. always the new girl. I was always the new person because of how much yeah. we used to move and go to refuges and stuff. So I was outgoing, but it was it definitely came in my teens where I found sort of some stability with that. But uh, the one thing that has been my consistent, which has now become a part of my services, which is called Wild Grace is um, dancing. I've danced my way through all my pain, everything. So yeah. dancing's always been my thing and that's that's varied from like loving dance classes, loving being a part of a chorus, being in musical theatre, 
going to drama school and then just uh, going out with friends and kicking it and having fun and dancing like dance is like my staple of everything healing my joy my happiness so yeah so dance was like my thing but not to a level of where I got to do it consistently as a child like yeah. in classes and things but I would go my mum would take me when she could but I didn't have like a dance school I was part of but I that was like my dream to go to Sylvia Young's <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that was that's that was my interest. So how did you get into this more spiritual? Have you always been quite spiritual? Um, I would say yes and no. Um, no, because um, I, I I've always been. I didn't know what I believed in, but I believed in something. I didn't. Yeah. I remember um, going to church once and just sort of turning around and. Um, as you can imagine with what I've shared about my my father is that um you know he was quite a scary guy he was lovely like and charming when he was lovely don't get me wrong but um I remember turning around to him and saying don't take me there again and he never did he it was he there was no no questions there was nothing said I just remember it was very just something the first I think it was the first time I stood in my power probably or remember standing in my power yeah. Um, I just didn't like the vibration of churches and now I can go to churches and appreciate the beauty but it, that feeling is still there so I never believed in like a god I didn't believe in the man in the sky yeah. I didn't particularly believe in Jesus I just didn't believe in like the Christian faith um, and to be honest my parents never imposed their beliefs on me like my dad I know my dad my dad's I think changed his religion a few times um, and my mum, uh, yeah, I don't really remember my mum ever really imposing God on us as like a as a yeah. reason not to do things or a reason to do something. She was just always very like what feels right. And then obviously in other parts, I think she was just preoccupied with what her life was like to even yeah. think of those things. Yeah. But yeah. as I got to my 20s, well, no, when I was 16, my mum became very curious with like cards and um, my mum had always always read uh, playing cards for people um, just like her friends and stuff secretly but I didn't know about this I like this is obviously something that used to happen when I used to go to bed or something because I don't I never yeah. remember seeing that but actually it was my dad who told me many years later that yeah your mum used to read the cards for me and he told me like uh, something that she had like said and then it came true um, and I remember my dad as an insult calling my mum a witch um, and I never used to really understand um, and it's funny because it's funny to say it because I'm thinking of why what I was like why would he call her a witch and my mum he broke my mum's nose so I thought maybe it was because of the crooked nose <laughs> like you know you're innocent as a child yeah, um, so I never understood why he meant that and then when my mum became curious when I was about 16 with her family, her cousins and good friends at the time, um, there was just things that were going on in the house and I'd always, I always felt spirit, I always, I always knew something was there, sometimes it felt protective but some of the stuff that happened when I was younger used to feel quite um, dark and, and just unsettling. So. I'd be a bit scared and I remember things like dreams being very prophetic for me as a kid but wouldn't wouldn't know that now um like I still have dreams that I remember from that time yeah. that were like protecting me if you like um and the boogeyman like just things that were like normalized in the world 
I genuinely was having experiences but didn't know what that was. So then when yeah. I became 16, um, I had a spirit walk through me in the woods. And luckily I was with people, so it wasn't just me like thinking it and is this happening in my head. My mum was there and the best friend at the time witnessed it and I couldn't speak. Like I could not, I couldn't speak. I felt like my tongue had been completely cut out and I was just like, just couldn't breathe properly, but also could, it was just a strange experience. And it was like, as, as quick as it happened, it was done. But it made me sort of like keel over and be like, oh my God, like I was so exhausted. And my mum, oh yeah, and my mum and her, and, and my friend at the time were like, what just fucking happened? Oh my God, like we just couldn't get over it. And I just had this name Florence in my head. Um, and just like a, a, a real sense of like someone was really grateful, really, really grateful. And so what had happened was that my mum and her cousin and her friend had recently gone over there and she had picked up that there was a cult that was there, a sexual cult from the 1600s. We lived in one of the oldest villages in Buckinghamshire. So it's very old, um, very, very old. And she felt that there had been like something going on between men and women in the woods. Now these woods, they would have like enough wildlife, I think, to make it function as a woods. Because obviously if there's yeah. no wildlife, then it's not going to work. Like it, they, they're part of the ecosystem of it. But you did like never used to see birds really. You never really see these wildlife that were in there. It, you knew they were there, but that you never saw them. And it was like a lovely tiny woods, but you'd never even see like one little squirrel or anything. Like, But you would know that something was there because you could hear little clicks and stuff, but you wouldn't see anything. And so this, this day that we walked, mum said like, come, because like all the animals are there. Like I'm seeing so many animals there after not seeing. So they had gone there and they had done like what we would call now like a clearing and they had passed over those spirits. Um, and my uh, my mum's cousin had felt that their tongues had been cut out so they couldn't speak about what had happened to them. So that was what I, my mum didn't tell me that because she, she was kind of, it was just between her and her cousins, but she, she wanted me to come to the woods and then this thing happened and she was like, oh my God, your tongue was, it was like your tongue was gone and that was, you know, basically I had her walk through me. Um, yeah. And yeah, so it was kind of confirmed like what my aunt had seen. Well, she's my mum's cousin, but I call her my aunt. Had seen. Yeah. Um, I then experienced it in a physical. Um, I didn't like that, so I made it very clear. Like as much as I respect it, and I I know she was grateful for like she was basically just saying thank you, but she wanted it I think to be tangible for me to know that it was real and it wasn't just in my head. Um. And so from then I always used to see butterflies and I'd always know it was her and she used to come, the butterflies used to come straight to my window and just flirt. I can only, that's the only way I can describe it. Like they had all of, my mum had a beautiful garden so there was no need to be up at my mum's windows. And so they would come and I would always like just feel this presence of her and I'd always smell flowers. Um, so that's kind of like, that was how I started being intrigued. It took me a long time yeah. after that because that was quite a big, impactful experience. And then there was other bigger ones. And, you know, I was I was a teenager. I had done the Ouija board in my mum's house without telling her. And I only, I only told about her about that, like, in my late 20s. I was like, yeah, so you know <laughs> when we had that spirit? Um, 
So yeah. What um, happened when you did it? I've, well, I've not, never done that. Nothing really happened other than like it did move, and you know we was all questioning like, was it us? Is it is it like in our heads? But what did happen is around that same time that the thing happened with Florence, the spirit in the woods, I. My mum and uh, like I said, my mum was in a curious space, and yeah. um, she felt she had when we lived in Cornwall. Uh, part of the reason she left was because she missed her family and everything, but also another part was because the house just felt well. It wasn't. It was extremely haunted. You used to have shelves, and like my mum used to put her egg cups up on her shelves, and they used to just fly off and like hit you on the head when you was like washing up, and it was like a joke. And all of like the people of Cornwall are quite, they're quite in touch with that thing. Not necessarily where like it's it's necessarily like, I can't really describe it. It's very subtle how they're in touch with it, but they're not scared of it. So they're like, oh yeah, it's yeah. probably just John. And they would just like laugh it off, like very oldie worldy there. So no one was really like making a big thing of it. But my mum was like, so like without my mum, so my granddad is a psychic and my granddad used to get my mum after he'd like, had a hard day whether it was doing whatever but he he used to get my mum to put her hand on his head and say you're the only one that can you know heal my head kind of thing and she said I remember doing it and then he'd be like okay that's enough and it would go but she said no one used to like nurture that no one used to say like what that was she and she said as she got older she just thought it was like his way of being like nice to his daughter and like making her feel special yeah. but then she started realizing she did have healing hands <coughs> so when she lived in Cornwall, she, she kept having this experience with a particular man. So we had a psychic come round to clear the house. They cleared him and the house did feel like a different house, but um, basically it, it turned out there was a history of a man who had hung himself over the banister in our house. And when you used to walk over, it was a weird staircase, kind of like a small spiral in a square. It was a very interesting house. Um, yeah. So when you used to walk, he, where he'd hung himself, when you walked up there, there was just like this, you'd feel a bit apprehensive. Everyone who was there would feel apprehensive to walk past because obviously you're walking past where he had done this act. So once that was happened, I remember like, as a t I was 11, but I remember feeling like the house felt different. My mum felt different. My mum was happier. Um, and then she made the decision to move back closer to London to be near her family. So that spirit was gone. So when we did the Ouija board, we brought that spirit back and he came into the house and he lived under the staircase. Um, and my mum was just like on it, like there's something not right. That feeling that I had in Cornwall was back. And so her and her friends did that. And we had a cat that we had bought from Cornwall, which literally just turned up in our house one day. It was like this feral cat and it never left. And it was like the cats in, obviously in Cornwall because they got fish at their disposal they're huge yeah, the yeah. cats in Cornwall are like literally like <laughs> massive beasts um so he was huge and we brought him up to up here and the day that they cleared this energy out of the house I remember this horrible feeling of like it was like a man was screaming feeling and then yeah. my mum's friend she used to have what happened to me where they mount it's called mounting where a spirit can come into your body and when that happened her voice completely like I, I, it was it was horrible me and my friend just we were sitting on the kitchen side we jumped up and we ran upstairs because it was so what the hell was that like that was not her voice that's not her anymore 
and the cat screeched and ran up the house and he never came back to our house. And he died about 10 years later. And he went and lived across the road because these old ladies used to sometimes pet him. So he went and he started living in that house. He never came back into our house after that moment. So little things like that used to happen. And yeah, so th that's what kind of led the curiosity so doing yeah. doing things like just being a kid and doing it, it was all like nothingness. Like I would do that and then completely forget about it and be obsessed with boys or be obsessed with makeup or be like it wouldn't be like an everyday. So that's the kind of no side of it. And then the yes side of it is that yeah, I just always had a knowing and I always I always felt very telepathic with my mom and she, you know, once we kind of got out of our own ways and she started sharing stuff that she had gone through when she was young we had all these mirroring stories and we had very much the same way of thinking but for the whole first sort of 21 years of my life it was like that was a secret her and I had a secret me yet we were so close yet we had these feelings with spirit and used to have lots of whisperings in my ear at night before going to bed and I would feel the presence of like pressure on my bed and pressure on my chest and certain things and then so once we was like, right, let's go for it. So I let, let my mum lead me on it. She kind of went into it full throttle first and I went to a few workshops and a few things. And then I just kept getting the message from people like, you need to master this. Like, you're very powerful. You're an indigo child. You're this, you're that. You're crystal child. You're this, you're that. And I was a bit overwhelmed. But then I just started feeling really led from like the manifestation movement of like The Secret, those kind of books felt really drawn to them and then get into the history of them and then being like, right, I don't need those versions of the book. I need the older versions of the book. And I started realizing like all of this is one thing. All of this is like magic is spiritual. Spiritual is psychic. Psychic is, is spiritual. And it's, it was all the same. And then yeah. I started mastering like, oh, I don't have to have spirits press up on me all the time. I don't have to have them talking in my ear before bed. I can actually call the shots on this a bit more then I thought I, th I was very scared of it very very scared of like it but I used to go to like I'd just be random to my friends actually go to a spiritualist church and they'd be like you're so weird why and I'd be like let's just go see if they choose us and I just had like this intrigue but then like I said I could go back to being like obsessed with the boy that was like unrequited love within a day it was so weird and so once I left drama school um, I was acting um, here and there. I was working, you know, in schools here and there just to kind of like help with the finances of that. And I was just really unhappy, um, really, really unhappy. And then I decided my mum, my um, so something happened in my family when my mum had to go to prison. And she went to prison when I was like 20, just turning 25. Um, and I was just like, during that time, it was very painful. It was very weird. It was very hard. Um, and I just kind of didn't want to do anything to do with being conventional. I just wanted, yeah. I'm an Aquarian. Um, and if that means anything to you, like I just, I'm just very rebellious, but not, not where I want to cause a fuss. I'm not the type to be like, right, let's go, let's go and do madness. But I, I, I'm I'm a no person. Like if I if I don't want to do something, I'll say. And 
I was le- at yeah. that point I was a people pleaser so I was learning what that meant so then I started getting into sort of the self-love movement of things and that side of spiritualism and yeah that was where Moonchild Indigo which was my first business that's how that happened and um, now we're here with the bosom so yeah it, it, it was a journey it was a it was a it wasn't yeah. fluid and it wasn't like it wasn't always, and it's funny because I'm trying to think of a funny reel to do at the moment for my Instagram of like, how do you show like the truth of spiritualism? Because people just think it's this whole kumbaya thing and like monks and people wearing white all the time. And don't get me wrong, there is that side of it and it's like, yeah. it, there's the tradition of it, there is. But spirit, spirit, being spiritual is just being. And um yeah. So I just kept getting told like that was kind of how I was to address the matter by spirit, like just be. Don't necessarily. At first, it was all like when because no one was talking about this stuff. I was part of like, I was part of a foundation that was being built online. Um, I was, you know, there's people that I know that have gone on to have like massive followings from that. But I was part of the groundwork, and I recognise that now on reflection, like. There was, yeah. there was pages that were talking about this stuff and there's nothing new under the sun, it's not to say, but this resurgence of everyone starting to look at themselves a bit more, yeah, I'd, I've, I played my role in that and that was to yeah. just start being and sharing. So I would share knowledge that was like, right, why do we have a salt bath? Why do we do this? Why do we do that? But slowly that all started to fizzle out of not being part of my purpose. It was more just like showing people like, you're a girl from London, you swear um you know you you you've had a child and you you're not with you know you're not in a relationship with that man you um talk about soul ties you talk about situationships but be just be a human being who who makes what someone might consider a mistake that you see as like the best change in your life or the best experience that led you back to you um yep so yeah it's it's a yeah an interesting did you journey. find a change in yourself after becoming a mother? Yeah, massively. I went through a whole new awakening. You know, um, you hear a lot of language of like, I'm going through awakening, there's an ascension process, there's ascension symptoms, there's awakening symptoms. Um, and I, I thought that when I first started doing this, I thought, okay, there's one big awakening and then that's it. You're kind of just on this road. No, there's awakenings within awakenings within awakenings. <laughs> and um, motherhood, well, just like pregnancy alone that becoming a mother yeah I remember when I found out and I said to my friend I came out and I was like holding the stick and I was like I'm gonna be a mom and she was like she's a New Yorker so she's like girl she's like you better fucking remember that you just said you're gonna be a mom girl you didn't say you're pregnant you said you're gonna be a mom and I was like oh my god I did yeah yeah um and so, yeah, I was a mum from the minute I found out. And I found out at two weeks, that I was two weeks pregnant. I was tiny, it was nothing. And I just, yeah. that was it. I was a different person. And it was very surreal to feel so changed in a moment to moment to, yeah. to then changing again and again and again. Like I'm going through a new change within the motherhood now where there's been a few getting back into myself meeting the new version of myself integrating the old parts of myself letting go of the old parts so i'm going through a new phase now where i've just recently um 
you know, become part of a modelling agency and have just come back from a trip to Manchester yesterday for it, for the launch of, for the event. And that is like surreal. Like it's the first time I stayed away from Aretta where I am not like in the same city as her. Like she's, she stays yes. away from yeah. me. She goes to her dad's all the time. Um, but me being somewhere else and like, that was like, I had to sit with that for a minute yesterday. Like, I have time. I have. I don't have to think about someone else because there's nothing I can do if anything happens. I'm two hours away. Like that surrendering to like, what does that mean for me as a mother? What does that mean for me as Amber? And yeah, yeah. it's been the 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 motherhood one has been the one that has really grounded in who I am and that I'm allowed yeah. to consistently and constantly change because I do. You know, yeah, sometimes yeah. I'm fiercely protective of like it all. And I remember like how I was when I first had her so different. The only part that with me that had brings a little bit of sadness at times, like it was just so um, simple when she first came. It was just about getting up, deciding what to do. There was no pressure. Whereas now that I've yeah. become back to being a businesswoman and a mum, there's a lot, there's like a lot more pressure. But did you feel when, because I always think that is when you first have a baby, it's all it's all very overwhelming. Obviously, because it's all you, mm-hmm. but really, all you do is just feed them, change them. I mean, yeah. if, if you've got a good baby who just yeah. sleeps and eats, and, and she really was, do much, you know, it's, you just go and have coffee and have cake and moan about your partner <laughs> to your mate. Do you know what I mean? But it all seems really a lot. But actually, that's the easy bit. It's when they start moving around and walking and yeah talking and you know yeah yeah everything brings its own problems but i didn't appreciate the easiness of the early stuff at the time yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it's only now when i think oh yeah and i think because every i think as well it doesn't help like oh it's kind of a rock and a hard place because i had one friend who was like she kind of literally sort of blurted no one told me about this you didn't tell me this like this part <laughs> And I was like, I don't know how you tell someone without sort of ruining their, like, preempting them of what happened. And I very much, like, had a pregnancy where I was sick every day. I was nauseous every day. It was horrible. I really didn't enjoy pregnancy. I had a really yeah. foreign experience. And when you're someone, like, my mum said after I had my daughter, she was like, I felt so sorry for you. She said, because it must have been so horrible to be a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I mean it she was just like you were just so horrible she was like I knew why and she said I I never like she was so good with me she's like I never felt like like she said I feel like I need to get away from her today but she said I never felt like oh god why are you being like this she said I just constantly understood like she's just not herself like she's just or this version of herself is not someone that she would always be it's very temporary and yeah that that felt horrible and you know then when you're the one who's don't get me wrong I loved how I looked I loved how people treated me whilst I was pregnant like it's you're just a goddess like people just adore you and it's really nice but the way I felt inside was like I just want to vomit over you all and just like make you feel what I'm feeling and I was just horrible and so you know the, the pregnancy was quite stressful and that then so that was such a relief when then I had her and yeah you just you just feel 
I don't know, it's just it's just such a journey. It's such a like you don't you look back and then everybody's telling you like, oh just enjoy these moments, it goes so fast, but that's the last thing you want to hear. But then I have my friend, like I said, who's like, You didn't tell me this part and I'm like, Oh, I didn't I was the person who didn't want to know, so I wouldn't ever yeah. impose that on someone. And yeah. I actually found it quite irritating when people are like, um, not so much suggesting things, but just that unwarranted like giving your people like, oh well that was your experience with your child you know like I don't people a lot of people come to me about sleep training and I'm like literally I have a baby who likes to sleep I, I yeah yes there was a few awkward nights but I don't know if that would le- work for you on a long term with your baby who's you know not having the best experience yeah. with sleep doesn't enjoy sleep has an overactive mind if you like or or just doesn't and they're just cool with a little bit of sleep um yeah I didn't have that experience, but I was like, I think because I lucked out because I was sick through the pregnancy. So, you know, we all have our, <laughs> we all have our things and no one had any advice yeah. for me. I've never thought about that actually because my pregnancy is awful, but my babies were really good. Yeah. And I never thought, oh, maybe that's I suffered first. Yeah, that's what I was like. I was like, oh my God, is this, and my mum was like, no, look at her. She sleeps in your belly. So she used to, how she sleeps now is how she slept when, when she was in my tummy like that that's the beauty that's something that I really love is that who she was in my tummy is who she is now it's it's insane like I can't believe you can know someone without well you can't be more intimate with someone like you're literally they're inside of you but that fascinates me that still to this day I can think of times where I felt she was being cheeky in my tummy and she's cheeky like that in real life or you know she was always into dancing when I put music on, she'd be kicking, and to the point I bore her earbuds for her for the belly. It was such a cute little thing, and she loved it. And now she still dances to the songs I played her, and it's just like that fascinates me. Like that's just yeah, that blows my mind. So yeah, the the yeah, it's it's a interesting it's interesting being a mother. It's it's very very yeah. much changed me, hundred percent. So how long have you been a single mum for? Have you always, always been a single mum? Always, yeah. Always. yeah he's like, it's, it's a hard one to answer that question because I'm like, I am a single mum, but I have a lot of help. My mum is on hand yeah. all the time. My brothers are very much in my life. Um, my brother is the main babysitter, bless him. Like, he, will, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't do as much with his evenings. And so he's always like, listen, go and get your life. He's always so lovely. He's like... That's nice. Go out, do whatever, and um, I think it's really important for children as well to have a lot of people. What is it? It takes a village. Yeah, that's, that's, I think that yeah. is so, and I think well, that's one good thing. If I mean, if you're fortunate enough to have a supportive network of people mm. around you, that's I think that's the one good thing about being a single parent. Yeah, you do need to rely on other people 100%. to help. That means yeah, which is the kids' lives. Because a lot of women come to me like saying, you know, they're inspired, but the difference is, is that they haven't got the unit and. Um, I can't speak on that, so that's that yeah. sometimes brings. I, I no longer hold guilt about it, but at first I would feel very strong in like, no, don't call yourself a single mum because there's other women out there. And you know, I co parent with her dad, her dad is like a brilliant dad, very hands on, and yeah, like very much just part of the unit, but just we're just not together, you know. Yeah. So it's not, it's not. It doesn't feel like I'm a single mum fully, but then there are moments where it's top heavy on me and I'm like, there's definitely a single mum shit and I'm exhausted yeah. and I'm feeling fucked and I'm feeling tired and 
everything and everyone is irritating me, even the people that help me the most or the people that I can ask for more help from. But it's just because mind-wise, you're always having to think for someone else. And that is like, that's something that no one... I don't. I think there's so many parts of motherhood that no one wants to talk about because they feel guilty, and it's just silly. Like for me, it's silly. Like I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it. I'll, I'm happy to be that person. Like I'm not slating motherhood at all, but because I love it. But it's not. It's not even that. It's just not easy because there are parts in it that are easy. And I think I, I always said when I first had a it's a choice to be a parent. You can be someone's mother or father, but to be their actual parent and their mummy and their daddy, there's choices that you yeah. have the choice not to make if you want to. If you want to do the bare minimum and just, you know, feed feed your kids, clothe your kids, get them into bed in a routine, you could do that. But if you're not going to do all the loving parts, all of the things like, I'm not really into play dates. Like, I have to push myself. But now I do them. I'm making friends, but it's because I didn't, I like, I didn't want to meet strangers. I just wanted to with my pals, but all my pals are spread out everywhere. So it took a little while for me to find people around me that are close by where I can just say, oh, it's Friday. It's not this big rigmarole of like whole day planned out. We're just going to go out for a couple hours and whatever, bounce. But, oh, I just, I live in, I live in Elin, which is very yummy, 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 mummy central. So if you've got any... (laughs) healing mommy's listening <laughs> um but, but sometimes it just feels like it's not very me it's not very my vibration and I'm not I'm hyper independent and that's not always understood if you're someone who's a mum who's completely dependent on being a mother I'm not that mum for you. Yeah. you you we won't yeah we won't vibrate the same because I don't just have a goal just to be a good mum that's just the standard that's just like my choice was a minimum like I will be a great mum and that's it yeah but I'm also going to be me. And um, yeah. I don't ever let anything sacrifice Aretta's well-being for that. But sometimes my things do get sacrificed and I get pissed off about that. I'm not pissed off at yeah. Aretta. I'm not pissed off at... I'm not even necessarily pissed off at myself. It's just like a... I think it's just normal. I think even if you don't have kids, when you have to sacrifice, sometimes you really don't want to. But it is for yeah. the betterment of everyone. Because you're allowed to feel like negative sort of emotions until you kind of recognize okay i'm over it we move what's next kind of thing you know because so yeah i think um yeah i'm i like to think of myself as even though it's overused but like a real woman i just like to think of myself as 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 authentic as possible um and i don't love it all but i love i love being a mum but i don't love it all (laughs) i don't love every part of it you know so tell us about your company then, your business, the bosom. The bosom. How did it come around? <laughs> my mum. <laughs> my mum has ADHD, um, so that's a big factor. Um, she was diagnosed two, three years ago now. I think it was two years. I think it was just before um, everything happened in the panny. Um, so my mum is very spontaneous, very just all of a sudden wants to do things and that can be from deciding she wants to go do a post office run randomly when we've decided to sit down and chill to going I've seen this building and I think we should get it (laughs) 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 they 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 rent these spaces I think we should do it and um 
Yeah, so we went and saw one building. It was at the top of our road. And it did feel a bit too good to be true. I'm still coming back for that building. But it, it, was, it was amazing. Huge. Um, and we were thinking of ways. And then I've always been about community. And it's not to say my mum hasn't, but my mum has always been about progression, if you like. And, you know, yeah. she's done some things, as you can tell from her, her story, is very much my story. But she has her own version of that. And she's had a really amazing, colourful life, which to some people seems negative, but to her, it's, you know, she's, she's healed from that and forgave herself and we've forgiven her and, and all those kind of things factor in. So when she, when she got, puts her mind to it now, she does everything and she's been through so much that I think she just wants to like, just try it all. Um, yeah. so she's a big, she's a big part of my goal setting. So we, we, I, we, with that combined, I was like, well, if we do this, I want this to be community-led. I don't, I don't want this to just be like ours in the sense of whatever it progresses to, it has to be either helping the community, literally the immediate community or the community that we've built online and that, you know, people have their factoring in. And we just had these really expansive ideas about what it was. And as a joke, she was just like, what should we call it? And she, I don't know why she said the bosom, but I was like, that's it. She's like, we're not calling it the bosom. She's like, no, she's like, because my mum's, she's very tongue in cheek, a big joker, big, big personality. Um, <laughs> but she's kind of prudish at the same time in ways. And she, if, if, I, if she hears me say that, she'd be like, no, I'm not. But she is, like, she gets a bit shy about that kind of stuff. So she's like, we can't call it that. And I was like, no, like, what is the bosom? So I looked up the, the, the meaning and it was like ample chest, the woman's, you know, ample chest and... I was just like, that to me, like the bosom is always in my mind. It's never been, it's the, probably the only word that doesn't feel for me sexualized as much as like other yeah. words connected to the yeah. breast. It feels yeah. motherly and every, so I said, let's put it to our, to our like circle of women that we have in our life. And they were like, they all said what I said. And they said, no, it's the mother. We was like, what do you think of the bosom? Just tell us the first words that come to your mind. They were like, the mother energy, you're both mothers. Um that hug feeling coming to my arms yeah like just a space of holding space and I was like boom it's the bosom your little joke backfired on you and she <laughs> so that was kind of it and then we didn't get the space because what we wanted to do was kind of do it maybe more of a collective of women to, to come together because the rent was very very high so we wanted to be realistic and not break ourselves and that didn't manifest and then my mum saw the one we're in now um and yeah we got this space in april last year and it's just been amazing ever since so we just decided to combine our um businesses together so we're we're known as the bosom but we in ways have a you know our own businesses within it but it's basically my mum you know she's a healer she does she teaches people um reiki she's a reiki master so she teaches and then i do my um healing and we do lots of protective stuff we do classes um and then we do an event called the bosom buddies which is like a free event where the aim is come even if you don't have a friend to come with so that you can make a bosom buddy um so we do them sort of at the moment quarterly um yeah and then yeah like it's just like the aim is that it's a space that everyone can use so you can hire it we've had loads yeah. of other people's events here 
Um, you can also come and, you know, say you want to write and um, we're not using the space. We set aside hours that people can come and do their writing here or anything that you need to, if you just want to work away from home, you can use it as a workspace. Um, yeah, so it's just a, it's a little vibe. It's just a, it's something that's blossoming. That lovely. Yeah, and we're both very, um, well, my mum grew up in the 70s. I'm obsessed with the 70s. So it's very much got the 60s, 70s vibe very um inspired by Bieber and things like that from the past so yeah. yeah we just we just created it did it literally in a week like no joke like she decided she oh, wow. found it and then we was in in a week and then we were doing our launch like within sort of three weeks um so it was one of those taking a big risk everything like down to like the money not fully being there kind of thing and then just being there and then, yeah, so it was meant to be. It was one of those. Yeah. Yeah, synchronised. So where is it in Ealing? It's in, this is in Park Royal Acton, sort of North Acton, between okay. North Acton and Park Royal. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just, um, it's called, the, the space that we're a part of is called Wow Space. Um, but the bosom is in Unit 3. So, yeah. Yeah, it's lovely. So if people want to see you, do you do online? You do online as well, don't you? Yeah, I do Obviously both. Yeah, so I yeah. have, because I have international clients and I always have done. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have online as an option as well. Also, just like, you know, mums and stuff who haven't got that space to like get here, get back. And, you know, I've got clients from Essex, I've got clients from Manchester, I've got clients from all over yeah. the place. So, um, yeah, online is, is definitely a it's a fixed in that that's how we got through the pandemic so you know without that we wouldn't have we would have gone under um both me and my yeah. mum separately so online is an option and then the in-person stuff yeah i have like i've got two clients today so yeah they'll come in person yeah yeah and are you doing dancing things yeah so wild grace is the very hard um it's a hard one to describe because it's it, like I said, mentioning earlier, it's connected to my childhood, really. So it was, it took me a long time to recognise that was a part of healing. So yeah, there is science behind it. I'm rubbish at knowing that. But basically, between your muscles and I think the fascia, I think it's called. But yeah. there's like this, the movement that you make um, moves the cells and things and trauma is in your cells. Um, when you've gone through deep traumas or any form of pain really it all goes into a place of memory your cells are that they hold it so I got shown by spirit that I would help with that in some way and I was like well I'm not going back to school so I don't I don't know how um and they were like no you've already got it you just need to get your confidence up so um I did a fair bit of plant medicine to get to that point um of sort of seeing myself just dancing freely with people um and so that's where wild grace was born um so basically what i've always done is put certain music on to connect to whatever part i'm feeling disconnected from so sometimes yeah. if i'm feeling disconnected to my masculine i'll just put garage on and i'll just like just dance like kind of quite tribal more so than like sort of the generic way um of like being in a club dancing to garage don't do that as well that works as well but I'll just find, I've always found pockets of music that just tap into what I need. So my inner child likes musical theatre and Disney, so I will dance around to that like a Disney princess. I will dance around, um, 
when I'm feeling more sexual or sensual, I'll find those musics that kind of bring that out. Um, and then Wild Grace kind of goes hand in hand with another thing that I kind of touch base on of sacred, ra sacred rage, which is, you know, our anger and holding space for that. And sometimes when I'm angry, dance has been what's got me out and then got me back to my joy or back to my happiness and recognise that it's not as bad as it seems and it's okay. Yeah. Um, or sometimes it will not intensify it, but bring it up so much that it's like, okay, now I've got the courage to say what I need to say or do what I need to do to change that. Um, so yeah, so Wild Grace is a, is a movement, it's a dance class that isn't a dance class, so you're not doing no routine. I have a whole flow, I get my DJ to make a flow of music that's all based in different sections of what I feel it needs to be integrated into us. Um, I focus on women because we don't have as many safe spaces. Um, yeah we and i just feel like it, you need a space that you're safe to embrace um your sexual side your sensual side yep. um your masculine you know without sort of masculine eyes on you sort of just taking yep. one judgment away because you're already dealing yep. with it because it doesn't take away all judgments because you're you're already dealing with getting over yourself firstly of like yep. thinking people are looking at you in the session um you know everyone's there for themselves but everyone starts thinking oh my god i can't do that because that person might think and it's like so there's a section in it where i encourage you to close your eyes so you just lose yourself like just trust that everyone in the room is eyes is closed only i'm watching and you're safe um and then always by the end of it they're you know they're able to smile at each other take each other in and there's no judgment but that feminine you know the toxic feminine that's out there it's a yeah. space where we explore that um, but I don't encourage it and um, yeah. I'm very firm with like if I see it or I feel it I'm going to ask you to leave you know like I've, yeah. I've, I feel no way about things like that because I think yeah. we have to call out behaviour now saying that that's never shown up in my session but it's just there as a standpoint yeah. if I see or feel yeah. any of that I'm going to ask you to leave because unless you're willing to work through that insecurity internally mm. rather than externally yeah. Um, the class isn't for you, it won't work it will, it will just intensify what you're already doing so yeah it's a, it's a hard one to so describe so where do you do these? so this one, I used to do them at the bosom um, but the bosom isn't as large as I would like um, I can only yeah. do a few people at a time or really and truly at the bosom I prefer it just one on one client, like one to one Yeah. Um, but I outsource so um, I will be at the World Season Peckham in um, Peckham um, which is, uh, I think, the third or, third or fifth floor, I can't remember, of um, uh, Peckham Levels. So it's in yeah. South London, the first one. And then what my aim is, is to do one a month, but in different yeah. um, locations, so that I will... So I'm going to do South first. And I don't know why, but because I'm West girl, you think I'd make my life easier and just do it closer to me, but I just was drawn to that. It has to be in South. Um, but I think it's more like starting at the bottom and sort of working up so the next yeah. one will be sort of more west base north east so i'm just going to constantly dot around and then if it takes me out to the country like other places in the country that's the aim like to just out outsource and and you know that was a humbling experience of being like i've got a space why can't i do it in my space but it's like your spaces are big enough and the communities yeah. the communities everywhere it's not just like in your space so yeah yeah, so World Season Peckham in Peckham is where the first one was going to be. And then, yeah, it will hopefully be a monthly thing. And then 
we'll be doing it outside come the summer months so that it will be a bit more it's like another layer to the confidence building because like you're going to dance in public like yeah. you okay you know um but those will be sort of like in central more central london parks and stuff yeah. like that where we can just rock up and just jam so yeah I love it. Thank I'm definitely you. going to come to one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for coming on to talk to me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's been lovely. And I'll post all of your links, obviously. Amazing. For people thank to you. get in touch with you. Thank you. But yeah. Oh, I appreciate thank you so much. it. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hi. Yeah, so that was the lovely Amber. I will post links to her. If you want to get in touch and book a session with her, I didn't make the um, the dance day that she did, but um, we're definitely going to go to one. Um, so I'll share the next one when she does it because it looked absolutely amazing. But yeah, she's very much about female empowerment and loving your body, and I'm very much for all that stuff. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're well. I hope you escape the storm safely. There's a new episode of the Epic Mum Chat out on YouTube. If you just search Epic Mum Chat in YouTube, this one's called Bumholes. <laughs> Our last one um, was called Sex, Porn and Bestiality because we do touch on these subjects, but it got over a thousand views, I think, because a lot of people were obviously searching for sex, porn or bestiality in YouTube and got our video, which was definitely not what they wanted to watch. But um, yeah, check that out. This one's funny. It's just about being a mum, basically because you see a lot of bum holes when you're a mother um but yeah enjoy stay safe stay sane big love to you please subscribe please share and i'll see you next week big up bye hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.